Hey, welcome to Wednesday Night Live. I just want to tell you, I'm here. Uh, how many of you, give me a shout out. How many of you are in that place where you're starting to forget what day it is? Can, you, can someone just, just raise your hand online in the comments? Hit us up in the comments and let us know. Are you starting, are you starting to forget what day it is? If you woke up this morning and you had to double check to see if it was Wednesday or Thursday, Halfway through the day, I'm talking to the two-person two production team in here helping us with Wednesday Night Live. Everyone, I want everyone to give a huge shout-out to Jake and Becca Belmonte, the wonderful couple that just got married so they can come here and help us out. So huge, huge, huge help. Tuesday, right? Yeah, Steve, you're right on Instagram. It is Tuesday. It's Tuesday, right? That's why we're doing Wednesday Night Live. Hey, I, halfway through the day today, I realized that it was Wednesday and not Thursday. I was having a conversation with my wife and realized that it was indeed Thursday. So, it, what, hey, what a great evening to be with you guys. Um, a couple things that I wanted to talk about really quickly, really quickly. Um, hey, this Sunday, if you're new or if you know somebody, this is, this is really, really key. If you're new, if you've just started watching, or if you know somebody that's new, uh, my wife Shandra and I are going to be doing a Zoom call with everybody who's new, who wants to jump on that call this Sunday after church, uh, and I believe at 1.30, and if you can, tell if you, if you have friends that are new who are interested in hearing more about the church, uh, if you could just text in to the number 760-500-4888. If you could text the word starting point to the number 760-500-4888. I believe that is on your screen device. It's right in front of your face right now. You can get it. You can write it down. You can send it to a friend, send it to a loved one, family member, whoever it is. Take it for yourself. But we're going to be jumping in the Zoom call, Shandra and I are. We're going to have a ton of fun. We may even come from, uh, do that Zoom call from our tent that we have set up in our backyard now. We're going we're gonna to talk about the tent at a, at, a different, at a different time. We're not going to talk about the tent that we set up in our backyard right now. Uh, but, but we're, but we're, we're going to talk about that tent later on. Hey, drop us your name, drop us your location that you are joining us from. Uh, we want to attach a name. We just don't want it to be a screen name. Hey, where are you joining from? I see some folks joining from Washington. It's great to see you. Jordan Levine, what's up, fam? Great to see you. The Duins out in Valley Center. VC crew, Valley Center crew holding it down, man. Way to go. Heather Stinchcomb. Paul, dude, tell my mom I said hi. I promise, tell her I promise I'll give her a call a little bit later. Um, <laughs> Jim and Nancy, great to see you guys. Great to see you guys. Man, so many of you joining us. Amalette, it was great. Uh, it was great running to you for like 10 seconds this morning. We saw each other in the parking lot passing. It was great to see you, Amy. Praying for you and, and, uh, and that little baby. Got some folks joining. Jenny Keenan. Kalo Alani, my family joining from Texas. Hey, we're in for it tonight. Listen, this is what we're talking about tonight. Um, I want to talk about this question. Are you experiencing grief? Are you experiencing grief right now? Hey, listen, um, 
I, I, f- I feel like one of the things my wife Shandra and I were talking about and uh, as we discussed things, and I've had a few other chats with some people, something that, that I, I feel like we, we're in the middle of and as the Lord just kept speaking to me, and for me in my own life, it was just the acknowledgement of this was huge. It was really helpful. So tonight, uh, what I'm hoping to do is to talk about grief, talk about a few things surrounding grief, point to some things that I think the Lord was showing me uh, out of Scripture, out of the Bible, out of the book uh, that we read called the Bible made up of six, six smaller books. But if you, uh, if, if you, if you don't know, if, if you're like, man, I don't know if I'm experiencing grief, but maybe I'm experiencing anger or I, I, I'm still com- some confusion, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk, we're going to contextualize some of this stuff tonight. Um, tonight, Wednesday Night Live, the whole purpose is right in the middle of our week. It's kind of like that move to the middle where we're able to take a break. We're able to have some discussion, have a talk. And really, for me, it's, it's just it's a great time that I get to spend with all of you guys. And uh, I, really what I look forward to is I look forward to the interaction, even though we can't interact face-to-face. Uh, but I, I look forward to the interaction. Uh, just to, uh, screen time, reading you guys' comments, seeing you guys give, you know, thumbs up and, and um, throwing your praying hands up and shouting amen. And it is, it is good to see you guys and... One of the things that uh, I, I felt like tonight is we've been in this state of quarantine. Now, I'm just talking about California. If you're, if you're tuning in from other states, I know this might be different, uh, but, we've, but, but probably fairly close. We've been in a state of quarantine in California for 34 days. I went back on the calendar and I counted the days. I believe this is the 34th day that we're living in right now. And uh, what, I, what I began thinking about was the word quarantine and what the word quarantine means. And the word, so I'm just going to break this down really quickly. It's going to be a little bit nerdy, uh, but you can always rely on, rely on me to get, to get nerdy. I, well, what I want to do is I want to simplify this. The word quarantine, it comes from a root a root word meaning 40, quaranta. Uh, uh, now, I'm not Italian. I know that I know that we have some Italian, like real blood Italians that go to our church that are from Italy. So they're going to correct me on this. But quaranta uh, is the root meaning is 40. So here we have quarantine. The root meaning of quarantine is 40. Uh, then later on in history, they started using the word quarantina and in Italian, and that meant 40 days, which is where we, in the medieval times, in about 1700s, we started using, 17th century, we started using the word quarantine, which is what we're using today. We're in a quarantine, and we've been in it for about 34 days. The word quarantine means 40 days. But I, what I want to focus on is the root word, which means 40. This root word, which means 40. Now, I, I want you to just, just pack that for a second away. I want you to put that on a shelf. I want you to keep that in mind. The word quarenta uh, means 40. The root of quarantine means 40, okay? We're not, not going to focus on 40 days, but it means 40. Uh, we, when, when, I, when I look through history, 
of the Bible, there are significant moments of 40. There are, there are extremely significant of 40. Uh, Jesus was taken out into the wilderness for 40 days where he uh, was tested by the devil. After he was baptized, he said he fasted for 40 days. Uh, we see so many implications of 40. 40 days, 40 nights, 40 years. One of the biggest uh, examples of 40 uh, is that the Israelites left Egypt where they were in slavery and they walked around in the desert for 40 years before they crossed the Jordan and went into the promised land. 40 years that the, the Israelites walked around in this transition between Egypt being enslaved and in the promised land. And in the midst of that, maybe you can relate to this. Uh, how many of you right now, by show of hands, so you're going to have to like, you know, your wonder wizard on the keyboards here in a second. How many of you can relate to this? How many of you have begined or begined? Is that a word? Begun? Beginning? Beginned? How many, how many of you have begun to see signs of anger? Uh, you know, this ag aggressive kind of approach to things where maybe you are a little bit more gentle or soft, but there, there's these, these signs of anger that are popping up. Maybe, maybe even signs of depression. Uh, how about momentarily you feeling like you're okay with things? And then like the next moment, strangely, like I can relate to this, like I'm totally okay with how things are. And I'm just, I'm kind of at peace with where everything is right now. And then all of a sudden, I'm not okay with it. So I have these momentary uh, feelings of being okay with things, and then I'm not okay with things. And then maybe some of us are in this like denial, like we're kind of feeling like, I can't even believe this is going on. What? Yeah, I'm getting some raised hands. Amen. Getting some raised hands over here on Instagram. Instagram is live. I sh we should have battle of the platforms. Instagram is live right now. I mean, you guys are like, I'm going I'm to talk right to you right now, Instagram. I, I better start seeing some hands raised or some amens or, you know, preach or something from some other platforms because Instagram right now is, is lit. So, hey, so here's the deal. I think what we're dealing with, when if you're seeing anger, depression, momentary signs of being okay with something and then you're not okay, um, you know, denial, like this can't be real, this can't be happening. At the core, what we're dealing with is we're dealing with grief, uh, and not only in our own persons, but we're dealing with it in our home, so the other people in our home are dealing with grief, but we're also dealing with it on community levels, uh, city, state, national, and global levels. We're dealing with, with grief on a global scale, and I don't, I don't know of anything in history, in my generation, something that I could grab a hold of where I have felt or been part of something that drew global grief. And so what I, I want to describe something really quickly. We're dealing with grief on two fronts. And this is what I believe for tonight, just to, to bring some clarity. I think what's difficult about the grief that we're potentially dealing with, now I'm going to define grief, some, some key stages of grief. I'm going to define five steps of grief in a second. But before I do that, let's understand what we're grieving. The first thing that I believe that we're dealing with grief in 
is we're grieving from a viral pandemic. We're grieving because of what the virus is doing to people. We're grieving because of the sickness. We're grieving because of the loved ones that have either been sick or, or loss of life. We're grieving over what the virus is doing. So there's, there's this viral pandemic that's causing grief. And then parallel to that, th we're also grieving from an economic pandemic. And we're just beginning in my, this is just in my humble opinion, we're just beginning to see the economic uh, pressure uh, from what's happening fiscally. So we're dealing with grief from a viral pandemic, and at the exact same time, we're dealing with grief from an economic pandemic. So it, it, it would be the equivalent of, of losing two loved ones at the same time. It would be the equivalent of, of losing both your parents at the same time, of, of losing two best friends at the same time. It, it, would, it would be the equivalent of two separate changes in losses happening. And some of you may have experienced this before in your life. Now, a lot of us know what grief feels like because we've probably grieved something to some degree before. But I don't know that many of us have grieved in two separate places, two separate lanes in our life in unison that are on parallel tracks in our lives. And so we're, we have grief from this viral pandemic and grief from an economic pandemic. If this is making sense, throw up a, throw, throw up a, a, like a, a fire emoji or like a praying hands emoji or give me a thumbs, give me a thumbs up. Um, here's the deal. Five what, what, what I want to do is define for us five steps of grief and very quickly take us through these five steps of grief. And then I want to talk about how in the Bible, how we see this story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt and dealing with 40 years, a quarantine of sorts, but a 40 years. And let, let's talk about how they ended up exhibiting some signs of grief. Here's the five steps of grief. If you're a note taker, you might want to take these down. And hey, listen, if you want, I know that most of our ministry leaders on our forums right now will do, they, they will oftentimes try to do their best to put some of what I'm saying right into the comments. So you might be able to grab it. And so uh, one of the things that my, my wife was just reminding me in, in the Instagram chat uh, is grief is also because of loss of options, choices, and liberties. So, uh, you know, when you lose your options, you, 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 may, you may be grieving some things. Uh, if you lose what we perceive as some of our liberties, we, we may be grieving some things. So th we're dealing with grief as a whole. Listen, five steps of grief. Five steps of grief. Number one, the first step of grief is denial. Denial. And this belief, uh, th this, is, this is what happens. We typically, when, when we hit the stage of grief where denial hits, it usually is one of the first things, if not the first. And, and the question is, is this really happening? So I remember when this first, when this pandemic first hit, it's like, wow, this is interesting. But then when the, when the shelter in place and quarantine started, we started having this conversation where it was like, man, I can't even believe this is happening. And so it, I, I, have, I have a sneaking suspicion most of us felt that. Most of us felt just that moment of, this is surreal. I, I can't believe this is happening. 
is this really, like, you start looking around at people, you're like, is this really happening? You know, I look at, you know, Jake. I'm like, Jake, is this really happening? And Jake's like, bro, I think this is really happening, and I, this is crazy. You're, 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 you're trying to compartmentalize what's taking place, and when there's a loss of something or a change of something, and you start asking the question, and so that first step is denial. The second one is anger. And anger is a glaring one just because we deal with anger so widely in society. We see it. We try to control it. Uh, we, we have anger management classes, but we don't have denial management classes. But we have anger management classes. Anger is a big one that I, I think we see. It's, it's a very external stage of grief. So it's easy to, to see where people are getting angry, getting upset, losing their patience, and we can kind of pinpoint that as an outsider looking in. And anger is, it, it, it's, we move from, is this really happening, to anger starts saying, why is this happening to me? Why is this taking place? Uh, why is this being done? Or why is this being done this way? And so right now, we're seeing all these questions asked. People are asking the question, like, why are we doing this this way? Why, why did, and we start looking at leaders and leadership, and we start looking at structures and systems, and we start looking at decisions that people are making around us, or perhaps uh, loved ones that are right next to us, but we start asking this question, and, 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 and those are signs, those are questions where anger might be setting in. The third of the five steps of grief is bargaining. I think this is an interesting one. It's bargaining. It's this is when a person attempts to avoid the feelings of grief by attempting to negotiate or compromise with it. Now, here's what I mean. If I can just do blank, then it would be okay. And so uh, I, I see this happening where people are like, if I could just go to the beach, this is a big one in Southern California, if I could just go to the beach, I, I think I'd be okay with the quarantine. Like, man, I'm not sure. Like, is this real? Why is this happening? I'm kind of angry. And then I start bargaining, and I want to compromise somehow and negotiate. Like, you know what? I'll, I'll, t I'll, t I'll tell you what, virus. I'll tell you what, quarantine. If I could just go to the beach, if I could just go to the park and hang out, if I could just fill in the blank, you know, I think I would be good. If, 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 if I could just live in this area, it would be fine. If I fill in the blank, that's bargaining. Number four is depression. Depression is a massive one in our society. I don't need to, I don't need to describe depression too much to all of us. But I will just say on the surface, and this is an understatement, I think, to depression, but to, to make it simple, is, is it's, a, it's a sadness or a deep sadness over loss or change. So I'm going to, just real quick, number one is denial, number two is anger, number three is bargaining, number four is depression, number five, the number five stage, the fifth stage in grief is acceptance. It's acceptance. Now this is where peace is made with the change or the loss. Peace is made with the change or the loss. And or with what is to come. This is what I mean by this. Entering in or being in a stage of grief where acceptance comes in, how do I explain this? Does not mean that you're accepting the loss, 
but you're accepting the present and what may now come. So, if, if w- when I was 18 years old, my father uh, died. He passed away. Acceptance in the grieving process for me didn't necessarily mean accepting that he was dead, accepting the loss, but accepting that where I was at was now my new normal, or I'm going to say my now normal. This word new normal is an interesting, interesting word. I think, so what I've adopted, when I was writing my notes, I wrote this, and I just, it struck my heart, it's my now normal. So that's what I'm going to use now. You can take it, uh, I'm going to make it a hashtag. This is my now normal. My now normal is, this is what it looks like in my house. That's acceptance. My now normal, and it's not that I'm completely over the fact that I've lost certain options, that I've lost certain liberties, I've lost certain freedoms. Catch me what I'm saying. It's not that I actually am at complete peace with that, but I'm at peace with my now normal. Let me ask you a question. Are you at peace with your now normal, with your present? Are you at peace with what you see your, your now normal will become? That a week from now, your now normal a week from now may look different than today. And have you accepted that? Here's a couple things that we need to know about uh, the, the five stages of grief. We do not, as humans, move through these stages of grief in a linear fashion. So I describe them as one through five. I'm going to go through them very quickly. Number one, denial. Number two, anger. Number three, bargaining. Number four, depression. Number five, acceptance. Now here's the deal. We do not move through each stage of these, uh, these stages of grief Linearly, like you don't enter into denial, leave denial, never go back to it, and move into anger. Move out of anger and go into depression. Move out of depression, go into bargaining. That's not how it works. What what ends up happening is is that each one of these five stages is a a response to our feelings that can last minutes or hours or perhaps days. Let me say that again. Each stage is a response to our feelings that can last minutes, hours, or days. But ultimately, what ends up happening, the way the human, what, what's, what our, our minds and what we're trying to do, the way, and, and, and this is the thing to understand, God built us. Hang on to this, family. God built you and I to walk through grief. It's how we deal with things. So what we don't want to do is look at this linearly, like I have to go one, stage two, stage three, stage four, stage five, and then once I'm out of five, I'm good, and I've gotten over whatever it is that I've dealt with. That's not the way it works. We typically will flip and flop from one to the other. So what I said earlier, sometimes I have these momentary like glimpses of acceptance. And then all of a sudden, I'll be like kind of depressed and sad over the state of, and then I go back to denial. Like, is this really happening, man? Like, I can't believe this is happening. And then I jump to bargaining and then I'm like, you know, it is really happening. But if I could just, and then all of a sudden I jump back and I'm like, you know what, this, this is making me angry and I'm starting to feel upset. 
So like, are you catching what I'm saying? If you're, if you're catching what I'm saying, give me some thumbs up right now. Come on. I need to see it. I need, I need, to, I need to understand. I, I need to understand that you guys are with me and you're getting this. Okay? This is not linear. You, you and I were made to grieve. And it's not linear. The, the sooner that we can catch this, the sooner we can catch this, the more freedom we're going to have to have grace on ourselves and have grace on other people. Check this out. Israel was grieving. They left Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. And Israel was grieving their old normal while they were walking through the birth pains of moving into their, their new normal, okay? There were 10 examples that I could find in Scripture of the Israelites complaining to God and Moses about wanting to get back, catch this, about the Israelites wanting to get back to the way that it used to be. And the way that it used to be was they were slaves to a Pharaoh in a country that wasn't theirs. Let's read this real quickly. Exodus 14, 10. I'm going to read 10 through 12. It's very short. So just stay with me for a second. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They had just, Moses had just taken them out of Egypt, and they were escaping, being enslaved, and they're moving toward the promised land. And as, so as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? I'm going to rephrase this. What have you done to us by bringing us out of circumstances that were enslaving us? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Moses, leave us alone let us serve the Egyptians. Leave us alone. Let us be servants to a slave master. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. A little bit later on, in Exodus 16, the whole Israel, this was the third complaint, the first one I just read you, this is the third one. The, the whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and, and, the, and Mount Sinai and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert, the whole community, everybody, the entire nation, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron, the leadership. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There, in Egypt, there, we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. 
but you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Now keep in mind, they weren't starving to death. They complained about not having food and God gave them manna, gave them food, gave them provision, okay? Here, here's my point in bringing up the Israelites right now, complaining. Complaining that they were moving into, they were in a now reality, they were in a now normal they were moving toward the promise that God had given them, which was a new normal, but they were no longer in their old normal. But they wanted to go back. They wanted to go back to being enslaved. Here's my question. This is what I feel like the Lord was asking me tonight. Is it possible? Is it entirely possible that somewhere in us trying to get where we're grieving what once was, and we need to grieve that. I want you to understand that. There are hard things going on right now. We're going to grieve some things. But is it possible that our old lives in some ways represent an Egypt, a quote-unquote Egypt, that we had become enslaved to? Is it possible that our old lives, our old way of doing things, the way things were happening five weeks ago, in some way, some form or fashion, represent an Egypt, a quote-unquote Egypt, that we had become enslaved to. There are things five weeks ago that I feel like we don't ever, we, we shouldn't ever, and we don't ever need to get back to. That our focus, grief, is us trying to deal with the past. Let me say, let me, let me say it this way. The job of grief is to help us go through something, not to get us back to something. I'm going to say that again. The job of grief is to get us through something, not to get us back to something. If the job of grief is to get us through something and not back to something, that means that in order for us to partner with grief, we need to be looking forward because grief looks forward. That's what is so difficult about the grieving process. The grieving process, we're jumping around in those five stages because the process is, is our human minds and, and, and our, our spirits trying to make sense of what once was that no longer is and making sense of we're never going back, but we need to make sense of what is today. And we need to begin looking forward to where grief is taking us because we now are living in a now normal and we're moving forward into tomorrow's now normal. If, 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 if this is resonating with you, give me, give me a shout. Give me a shout right now. Uh, I, I, need, I need to, I, I, I'm, I'm praying that this is making sense. I'm praying this is making sense. Give me, some, give me some hands up or something. <laughs> Here's the deal. Me, we may not want to get back. 
We need to embrace we we the grief process. There's these five stages. We 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 need we need to embrace this this grieving process. But the grieving process doesn't mean that it's going, I, I want us to know this. It's healthy to know this. Embracing the grieving process doesn't mean it's going to get us back to where we were. I feel like the Lord was just sharing with me, Pat. I, I felt like he was saying, Pat, I, I don't want to take you back. I don't want to take you back any more than I wanted to take the Israelites back to being enslaved. And, and, he, and I, I felt like there was a question that God asked me in this as well. He said, is it possible to move forward with your best and to flush the rest? Is it possible to move forward with your best and flush the rest? And being very careful that sometimes we try to take our best, but there's, th- there's strings attached. And so this process of grieving has multiple layers. You know, some of us, some of us, I, f- I, I feel like there's some favors that God did for me in my life by slowing the world down. And I got to be honest with you, Shandra and I were talking, my wife Shandra and I were talking about this just the other day. I don't know that we want to go back. I, there's, as I begin to, to filter through the acceptance part of this grieving process, I don't, I don't know that I want to go back. And I feel like right now we're in the midst of the 40. I feel like what the Lord was saying to me is, is family, we're in the midst of the 40. It, this word quarantine, we're in the midst of the 40. I'm not saying 40 days. I'm not saying 40 years. I just feel like that word, it's so interesting to me that the word that we're all living underneath is this word quarantine, which means 40. And I feel like we're in the midst of the 40. I feel like in the midst of our grief, God brings grace. I feel like in the midst of our grief, God brings grace. He's super forgiving of us. Did you know the Israelites complained 10 times? At one point, the Israelites were so upset and wanted to go back to the way that it was that potentially in my life, there's things that God does not want me to go back to when all this is over. And right now, I could be complaining about those things. And God's like, no, I actually don't want you to go back to them. At one point, God, God got so upset at the Israelites, he, he just, he's like, I, I can't handle them anymore. And he showed grace. How many people around you right now, this is a perspective shift, How many people around you right now need to be met with grace? You need to be met with grace. I need to be met with grace. How many people around you need to be met with grace? Maybe there's people that you're talking to that you're seeing. Maybe there's people that you see on the news stations. Maybe there's people that you see protesting in other states, protesting in our state. Maybe maybe there's, there's things that you see and you've been protesting, protesting in your heart. No matter where you sit, stand, or are laying, in any of these circumstances, there's always the other person. And perhaps that other person, just like you, is dealing with the loss and the change. And their, their, their minds and their hearts are, are flipping and flopping through these five stages of grief, and they're doing everything they can to hang on. And in the midst of it, God brings His grace. In the midst of it, 
He brings the one thing he knows how to bring into his peace and his hope and his grace. He met us with grace. He meets us with grace. Can we meet other people with grace? Let me ask you this question here tonight. What are you dealing with? Let's see if we, if we can get some questions going. We got a few minutes left. What are some questions, as I've been talking about this, what are some questions that you guys uh, might be dealing with? What are some things that you might be struggling with uh, that, that I might be able to chime in on or talk about as it pertains to grace and grief? How many of you are dealing with this right now? You know, how many of you are walking through this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, new norm. It's a now normal. It's our now. <laughs> Man, so good. I'm just reading some of these comments right now. Yeah, some of you are saying like, hey, how do we meet others with grace? Who do we need to meet with grace? Everyone around me. Yeah, we need to meet everyone around us with grace. It's so hard. It's difficult. Instagram, I'm afraid of what it will look like to go back to normal because this now normal has become beautiful. Yeah. I mean, how many how many of you right now feel like there, there's this element of rest that God has given us in the midst of this. Like, how many of you have found beauty in in this rest? I'm, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not saying there aren't tough things, but th there's this beauty in it. Um, I'm with you. It's Kristen Welch. Uh, struggling to keep grace at the forefront. Um, yeah, and kids, helping, how to help a kid deal with grief and depression of not playing with his peers. That is a tough one. Um, yeah. Gosh, for the kids, I'm going to tell you, the, the kids are a tough one. I think one of the biggest things with the, with our kids, I can only speak from our, our children. Um, I wish my, my wife were here to answer some of that. But I'm going to say this. Um, Seven-year-old son dealing with grief, depression, not playing with his peers. So here's the deal. One of the biggest things, I, and, I, and I think you're probably doing this, so I don't want to, I don't, what I don't want to do is say something and you to assume that I think you're not doing it. You're probably already doing this, but uh, one of the best things that we can do in dealing with grief with other people, okay, so one of the other questions that we just got was how to handle uh, how to handle other individuals' stress. See, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna compart I'm gonna compartmentalize stress. The stress that we see, I believe, comes from grief, okay? How do, we, how do we help deal with other people's grief? You know, if somebody else is at some point in their five stages and they're, they're having a really hard time, the best thing that we can do is not marginalize or minimize how they feel. So even if it's your seven-year-old son, to not marginalize, to come alongside, to put a hand on, to to literally be there for them, to uh, as hard as it is to not be able to fix the situation we're in, 
but we can come alongside and we can be part with them. So with our children, it's as simple as we potentially might need to come alongside them and say, hey, I understand. I hear you. So those are really great terms of validation to say, I'm not going to marginalize you or, hey, everything's going to be better. You know, hey, you know, to come alongside one of our kids and say, hey, you know, you don't understand, little buddy, but everything's going to get better. And that that to, to a kid is just like, hey, you're not listening to me, but also to an adult. So this this is for both parties. So I think, number one, don't marginalize. Step in empathy. Show empathy. Hey, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. I feel what you're saying. Empathy says not just I hear you, but I feel what you're saying. I think that's a huge one. That That's that's an enormous one. Um, <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, so other people's stress, I think you're dealing with other people's grief, for sure. Um, yeah, crazy. I'm just reading this right now. So I'm going to read this. This is from somebody on Facebook. It says, I'm in the midst of the tragic loss of my father and then a good friend of mine, of my husband's in the last month. Um, but I'm thankful for the quarantine so I can process without obligations. Grief is such a roller coaster in the midst of all this as well. That, that, number one, I want to tell you, uh, you know, I think your ability to, to see that perspective is amazing. Um, Heather wrote that, uh, Stinchcomb. That, that's an amazing perspective to have, um, that you've been given time to grieve, which I got to tell you something. Uh, one way that you can give yourself grace in this situation one way we can give other people grace in this situation is give them time. Be okay. You know, give yourself time. Um, I, I want to tell you that I, I really get a sense this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. This is not a one and done. This is not something that we're going to be in and out of in the next week or two. This is a marathon. This is a game of endurance. Give yourself time. Give yourself the space and the time that you need to be able to, to process these things. Give other people in your life space and time to be able to process um, what's going on around them. Um, Claudia asked uh, on our website, on our Movement Church Online, how do you deal with special occasions like birthdays for our children? Hey, I, I, I've seen some really creative stuff. Uh, so... The other day, there was a dad in, in our neighborhood riding down the street, just him and his little girl. And I, she had just turned six. The reason I know she had just turned six was because he was on his bicycle, and she was on her bicycle, and she was dressed up like a princess. And the dad had fashioned this, like, this pole off the back of her bike with, like, a balloon and all these fancy things flying off it. And she was in her princess outfit, and she's riding down the street, and she's telling everybody, it's my birthday. This dad had taken her on a bike ride 
just to say, like, it's your birthday parade. It's, it's your ability to go out. And she, everybody she saw, my wife and I were on a walk with a couple of our girls, and she, it's my birthday, and I'm six years old today. And so I would say, you know, we work and choose. Uh, this is something brilliant that I heard from Lindsay, who does all of our student ministries. He, he reminded us uh, that I think the people around us, especially our children, are going to rise to the level of our excitement. And so parents, get excited about those special occasions like the birthdays for your kids, especially if it's for your kids. Um, get excited about it. They're, they're, our kids are resilient. Kids are much more, can I, can I just say this? Kids are much more resilient than we give them credit for, and they're much more resilient than we are as adults. They, we, we just don't bounce well. So we're the ones who are a little bit more rigid. So get excited. Get excited about their special day. Um, take them for that parade. And we've seen some really creative stuff. Like uh, we've seen uh, one of my nieces the other day, her, one of her friends on her softball team had a birthday. And so the entire team and all their family all did one of these parades, which I'm sure you've seen, where people drove by in the car and they had signs and, the, you know, this little girl stood outside of her house. People honked their horn and had the radios screaming happy birthday and took pictures and they put it on Facebook Live and they did all this stuff. I mean, there's ways that we can celebrate. There's ways that we can rise to the occasion. So um, get creative. I think there's some I think there's some amazing things that we can do. Um, yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Someone, someone just crying emoji. Uh, so it, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Hey, family, do us a favor. I'm going to have us drop this really quickly. Um, we are looking forward to, in the next couple weeks, we want to do some really fun stuff. Um, we're going to have a night, what I'm hoping to do, and I, I didn't tell this Jake to Jake conclusively, but what I'm hoping to do um, as we wrap up really quickly, um, two things. I'm going to give you a couple things, and then I'm going to pray, and we're done for the night. Uh, what I'm hoping to do in the next handful of weeks is do an exclusive night just on YouTube. The reason why we're going to do it on YouTube is because what we're going to do is, is we're trying to work out right now doing a Zoom call where everyone can join um, together and we can get on Zoom and it'll be a party and it'll be chaos. It'll be hilarious. It'll be funny. Uh, I think it'll be a blast and it never hurts to try because we got time and we, we got to have some fun. And so we're going to try and experiment with it behind the scenes. And then what our, our goal is, is to, to broadcast live. We can do this, but we have to pick a platform. And so we, we, we're going to do it right to YouTube. You're going to want to do this real quickly. Uh, Jake's going to throw this up on the screen. You're going to want to go to our YouTube. You're going to want to subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, you're going to want to click the bell because you want to alert when new things get posted. In this case, when we go live, you're going to want to live. Um, we want you to be able to just click, click that bell and um, and know what's going on. So we're looking at doing some fun stuff. Uh, if you're watching on other platforms, really, you. if you're watching on YouTube, you haven't subscribed, you're going to want to subscribe. Hey, fam, questions, comments, anything that came up tonight, um, five stages of grief, if you have questions about that. Uh, let me know. You can always, always, always hit me up. 
probably the best place, the best place to, to probably hit me up is you can uh, you can email me at pat at the movement.org or believe it or not, Instagram at Pat Lynch Vox is my Instagram. People are messaging me, DMing me all the time, and I get back to it pretty readily. So, hey, let's pray. Let's wrap this up. Grief and grace. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Give yourself time. Give yourself space. Um, we may not want to go back to being enslaved to some of the things that we were enslaved to. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, tonight I pray right now that the power of your spirit would rest um, in a very peaceful way. In a very peaceful way, Lord Jesus, with every single person who hears my voice. Any person that hears this back, watches it back on YouTube, watches it back on Facebook. Lord, I pray right now that any person that hears my voice, that, that your presence, that your spirit would rest peacefully on them. God, I pray that we would have the ability to have grace on ourselves and grace on the people around us as we grieve, as things change. And, and, and as those changes really uh, are changes probably for the permanent. Lord, there is some things that we're going to quote unquote get back to, but there are some things that I don't think we want to go back to. Give us wisdom to be able to discern what those things are in our lives that we don't want to go back to. Give us discernment on how to love people and meet people with grace and give them space and time to deal with these five stages of, of grief. God, give us the ability to look into things and to not, not fight so hard to get back to something, but look forward to what it is that you have for us. That right now, we're, we are in our now normal. Help us to stay present in our now normal. Let us focus on being present in our now normal. To not fight getting back to the old. And maybe not even worry about the new, but just be present in the now. Lord, that we would always look to you for grace and for peace and for the hope that we need. We thank you in Jesus' powerful name. Everyone said amen and amen. Fam, it was great being with you. I look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday. You're going to want to join us. I have a message that I believe is going to be fire, and I can't wait to deliver it. 8 o'clock, 9.30, We'll see you there, all our platforms, live, Sunday, coming to you. We'll see you.